Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. This episode of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It is the top of the week. We are returning to you with a bevy of strange, fascinating, dare we stay, disturbing pieces of news, not all of which make it to the mainstream. We're talking corruption. We're talking DNA and uh, quite possibly future crime. Shout out Minority Report. And then we're also talking about, uh, <laughs> we're talking about some amazing, beautiful stuff that machine consciousness, machine learning, and AI can do, as well as uh, their newly discovered talent, for creating weaponry that is beyond the ken of mortal minds. Uh, so that's that's going to, uh, I think that's going to come back to bite us later. Um, but, it's going to fill all of our pants <laughs> but with this, <laughs> Yes, that's, that's the goal. That's the first synthetic mind's main goal. It's very poop-centric. <laughs> no one's sure why. They think it's a bug in the program, but, you know, we got this far. So everybody be safe with your pants around computers. That is the takeaway. I've got a solution. No pants. Eh? <laughs> well, That's easier than no computers these days. That's you know? I'm saying if you're not wearing pants, then there's nothing for the computers to fill, but then you just end up pooping on the floor. So, Or, or you um, might have to walk around with one of those traditional uh, penis gourds, if you've ever seen those in documentaries. You know I don't know what this has been. Is that a thing that rock stars use to stuff their pants? It's, uh, it's actually it's like a, a cylindrical tube that covers the... Uh, 
covers the non-scrotum part of male genitalia. You know what? We don't have to get into it. We're really it. leading with the good stuff today, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could you could discover that. Uh, I think you could uh, go on your own journey with that, with uh, penis sheets and gourds. <laughs> They're also known as Koteka, K-O-T-E-K-A. So, wow. Yeah, Koteka. if you want to ruin your search history, the way we just did, then uh, more the, the more the merrier. They can't catch us all, right? Uh, yeah, it's just slightly off from Kotaku. But, but <laughs> seriously, you guys, as a thought experiment, imagine how effective that would be if whatever nefarious AI comes about, if it could somehow simultaneously make all humans uh, go to the bathroom on yeah. themselves. Like the time mm-hmm. that, that you would get in that moment of everyone having to deal with that situation. Mm-hmm. Is this a brown note situation? <laughs> yeah, that's what it okay, would have to invent okay. a real brown note. And they're cool, like, whoever, cool. whomever the Jedi's of your pants are, would be like, there's a disturbance in the fart. <laughs> I just have to say, I'm really proud of the legacy I've left behind of the brown note. Uh, few people know this, but that is a family name. Um, and uh, my grandfather, Wolfgang Brown, is the one who, excuse me, Wolfgang von Brown is the one who actually invented the brown note. Oh, wow. okay. Okay, wow. so that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, you know, we learn more about each other Every day, not just as friends, but as civilizations. And one of our first stories today, uh, I, I, I think we go ahead and lead with this one if everyone's all right with it. Um, we're we're going to talk about something that is potentially very dangerous. We've talked in the past about facial recognition. We've talked about profiling. We've talked about the enormous power of DNA databases. And when we talk about big data, one uh, one of the holy grails of these pursuits and these disciplines and these areas of research is to arrive at not just an analytical aptitude, but to arrive at a predictive aptitude. And this is something that is happening in many fields in the world of medicine, for instance, predicting the possibility of contracting dangerous, rare genetic uh, conditions. But there's a dark side to this. And, and Matt you pointed out something that should concern our good friends and fellow conspiracy realists in Australia. Yes, very much so. And I'm getting this from The Guardian in an article titled How Australian Police Will Use DNA Sequencing to Predict What Suspects Look Like. Oh boy. Okay. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? So we've talked extensively on this show about forensic genealogy. The thing that you may know from GEDmatch, the the service and the, the DNA sequencing type, let's say, and genealogy usage that caught the Golden State Killer that has been used uh, many times over the past, I guess, five years or so to catch killers who were not were thought to not be catchable because the DNA was either not good enough to fully identify someone you know, there wasn't a good enough sample to fully identify someone with traditional standard DNA testing and sequencing, or uh, there was just no person that it matched to. So they were able to use forensic genealogy to match that DNA to, you know, some cousin or family member or someone. And then, you know, using other investigative techniques, decide, oh, this is our suspect. This is our person. Um, Well, this thing is very different. Imagine again, we're all investigators, we go on a crime scene, we find an excellent DNA sample, let's say blood, and we're able to take that sample back and get it tested. But as we're, you know, we've, we've got it sequenced, we know that this suspect is this DNA, it's not matching any database that exists, including the, the GEDmatch one that we would use for forensic genealogy. It's not matching you know, any of the, the crime databases, any of the state or federal databases, this person, again, we know who they are, but they just don't exist in the system. What do you do? Well, in this new fun thing, I've seen it referred to as massively parallel sequencing. Uh, oh. You'll see it named a couple of different things around the, around the interwebs here. But in this case, you're able to look at very specific markers and enough of them, and then match those markers together and compare and contrast to see whether or not a person has, let's say, brown eyes, 
or greenish blue eyes. Okay. Or if their hair color naturally is a light brown or maybe blonde or red. And you're able to tell several different physical characteristics about this person just through this DNA sample. And the reason I wanted to bring it to, you know, our discussion today is because of, again, we keep talking about the possible dangers that exist here. Because, I mean, let's just start talking about it. You guys, what do you see as a potential downside to the ability to do this? Ooh, ooh, okay. I, I like the, that we're, we're setting this up. I, I feel like I'm almost on a game show about how terrible the future is going to be. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm trying to be more optimistic. I'm just mixed results, guys. Uh, so one of the things that would be dangerous uh, would depend on what kind of profile this can make based solely on appearance because you could have a green-eyed red-haired um uh, the freckly person with like attached earlobes instead of detached earlobes and then you could Are have you someone, describing me ben okay <laughs> well, you could have somebody who's i don't know i, I don't know your earlobes i'm sorry i'm a bad friend we're always wearing headphones oh nice mm-hmm. nice earlobes. that's a good point creepy saying that but but (laughs) the point is that there could be someone i would imagine who fits physically fits all of that criteria but has nothing to do with the crime in question is that is that a possibility oh yeah 100 percent. it would then be a process of extracting a dna sample from that person and you know getting maybe a warrant to do so if that person happened to be in the area and was caught on cctv or something right around the time of the crime or just going through their trash, which mm. happens. I mean, uh, you know, this is like, it's not quite like, it's not pre-crime, you know, like in uh, Minority Report or some other kind of weird dystopian versions of how do we use science to predict who will, you know, um, commit crimes. There's a really cool um, anime where they have a gun that essentially it doesn't tell the future, but it uses these types of markers to analyze the uh, potential uh, psychological profile of a suspect and engages the gun or does not, depending on the results of that scan, right? So you start to veer into weird territories like that once, like if we trust this stuff so implicitly that we would be comfortable executing someone who matches these, you know, DNA markers of a certain crime. That's sort of the next level version of where the slippery slope on this kind of thing might lead, right? Yeah. It's it's one of, but I mean, in and of itself, is it that far removed for just like using kind of CCTV footage or just like word of mouth? I mean, it ultimately is still profiling, right? You can't, it's just a little bit of a fancier version of like an identikit. You know, which is like a, a artist rendering, you know, of a suspect. Yeah. In, in a weird way, this does feel a lot like that. A victim or someone, you know, witness telling someone in on the police department what this person looks like. In this case, it's the DNA telling the, the police department or FBI or whoever what the suspect looks like. Um, one of the major problems, though, is wigs exist. Facial hair can be changed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. one can change one's skin to an extent. You know, either through getting a tan or by wearing certain makeups, uh, eye color. Think about putting in contacts. Like if you're looking for someone like this, like physically searching for someone who matches a description like this, not only can your suspect change their appearance, but now you're going to be seeing hundreds, if not thousands of people who possibly look like your suspect. Uh, and, and it's just the nature of the of humans and we kind of look like each other. <laughs> is there nothing in the, you know, I mean, obviously this is some departments or, you know, some forward thinking department heads idea of like a cool new initiative. What's their justification for this? Uh, justification is that. Well, it's, yeah. It's, well, how, how would they argue with the points that we're making or do they even bother? <laughs> Cause that is to me, it doesn't feel that much more advanced or different than just saying uh, a suspect with blue eyes and blonde hair wearing a red, I mean, clothing would be more helpful than this DNA stuff. Cause you can see it from farther off you know I'm, I'm just i'm just wondering what's their what's the press release uh, elevator pitch for this is that is the wave of the future you know oh well, yeah it is a wave of the future and it is, it could be extremely helpful if you're trying to narrow down suspects right if you if you had a certain number of people as possibles who were you know culpable for a crime and you but you can definitely put that person in that room where wherever it happened right uh and you can you can say oh well, the person definitely has green or blue eyes, like for sure. 
the person do their DNA has green or blue eyes. So we can get rid of these three people. It's like, uh, guess who? But do we really right. trust this to be scaled properly, knowing what kind of backlog of like rape kits exist in the world? Like how hard it is to get labs to turn around this kind of stuff in a timely manner? I mean, I don't I don't think so. I don't. I, but that's, that's I just... mean, really, that's one of the main reasons I want to talk about it because of this, the problems. But the, the thing is, it could be really great. There are a ton of ethical concerns, though. And and that really is what we're talking about here today. Uh, in the Guardian article, the the whole last fourth of the article is dedicated to this very topic. And again, it's I don't know. It's worth looking into more. It's going to be tested out in Australia by law enforcement there. So I guess we'll see over the next five ten years whether or not this thing is actually used, whether it's actually helpful, and what other you know what kinds of problems it brings up. With its, mm-hmm. you know, what what gets lost in execution? So, how are they planning to implement it, Matt? From what I understand, in the Guardian article, at least, uh, they're going to start using this in not necessarily a crime-solving way, as in they're they're not finding the culprits of crime, but they're looking at unidentified human remains, right? And then maybe they can build a rough composite picture of someone, and then the hope being that relatives can find closure or identify the person. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, that's one of the uses of it. You can also head over to the Brisbane Times, B-R-I-S-B-A-N-E Times. You can read an article there titled Next Level of DNA Analysis Allows Police to Build Picture of Suspects. Same, same pretty much information, a couple different quotes that are in here. And Ben, just to answer your question, uh, I did see that in a couple places, including that Guardian article and in this place, they're talking about exactly that, getting a picture but not for a suspect for un- unidentified remains. There was one article that I cannot repeat to you right now. Oh, gosh, I think it, it was have, Did in, it have naughty words in the name or something? Or? Uh, no, I think it was in Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News. And it was titled, Cold Cases Heat Up with New Forensic DNA Methods. And it was posted, gosh, I think a while ago. Uh, but it, it it describes a person that was hiking along the Appalachian Trail who was using an assumed name or, you know, a, a fake name for their mm-hmm. hiking name, sure. their trail name. Yeah. And this person was older and was ill and died along the trail. And this seemed to be a test case where you could, because nobody could identify this person. Nobody knew who they were, and they had been out there for a while, but they had DNA. So they're able to take that DNA and build a picture of what this person probably looked like uh, while they were walking around and alive. So hopefully someone can identify them. Their name was Ben, by the way. Oh, good. Great. Yeah. Well, go Ben's uh, (laughs) for the most part. Uh, But also, you know, that it's, it's a bit of a pickle, isn't it? Because there's no denying that that could be incredibly helpful uh, in in a lot of similar cases, but we shouldn't get so wrapped up in the advantages or potential benefits of that that we forget there is a dark side, With as with any technology. Um, it, it reminds me a bit about how uh, some increasingly draconian internet surveillance laws often come sort of messaged as a way to stop heinous crimes that everybody would would be against, you know, like child trafficking or something. But on the back end, the bigger goal for a lot of institutions is to restrict or erode privacy. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't know. There's also another thing we haven't mentioned, man, which is that this kind of research is inevitable. It's on the way. It's, it's going to be weird if civilization doesn't collapse between the time a child is born now and the time that child reaches 18 Uh, We're going to be living in a world where it's weird not to have your DNA sequenced. Um, And it'll be a, I I don't think it'll necessarily be a top-down government mandate so much as it'll be, again, the Gattaca approach. Like it in in countries Mm -hmm. that suffer under privatized healthcare, you might have to have that sequencing just to be able to see a doctor. But but also, like, wouldn't it uh, largely be a benefit to the more affluent classes, you know, like to who could maybe make the choices and pay the money to get their offspring's gene sequenced such that they are not predisposed to like certain types of cancer or certain types of disease. And then the rest of us are kind of stuck with the lot that we're dealt. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's that's also that becomes a matter of policy, too. Like uh, the question then becomes, should a government or state level actor, should it consider it a human right to to just proactively prevent someone from having a very damaging medical condition? Or are you putting parents and, and a future human in a situation where they say, OK, we could have cured your you know, insert genetic condition here. And we know you're definitely going to get it if we don't do anything, but you didn't make your payments. So Mm. your child's life is ruined over coupons. Yeah. I've got one last scenario for you, and I know we got to move on to the next segment. What if it's the ultra wealthy in your scenarios here, guys, that instead of wanting to get themselves sequenced or maybe just not worrying so much about that, they want to get everyone else sequenced so they can know exactly who robbed them or who is mm-hmm. cheating them on the, on the oh, yeah. workers line Yo, or so, who is, you know, like a more like, elaborate version of hiring a private detective or something, or like, mm-hmm. you know, like a really bespoke genetic private detective. Oh, yeah. Maybe they, they set up incentives or, you know, with either a carrot or a stick to make sure everybody gets their genes sequenced so that they can identify everybody if anyone falls out of line. Yeah, absolutely. And then also, we haven't talked about this because this is still a little further down the line, uh, but this occurs in a lot of works of fiction and sci-fi. Also, this could potentially, down the road, open the door for bespoke, genetically tailored bio-warfare. I mean, that's just something we have to acknowledge. I don't believe the technology (laughs) is there at this scale yet, but the truth of the matter is, uh, of the almost 8 billion people in the world, a lot are pills, you know? They're real jerks, and uh, it would make their day to say, "Here here is a deadly pathogen that I can tailor such that it only affects the people in my society or the people on this planet uh, that I don't care for. And then, boom, unless some kind of cure or countermeasure is developed, a lot of people would die, uh, perhaps uh, more easily than most other diseases or pandemics before. Again, I don't want to alarm people, but it's in the cards. You know what I mean? It's in the cards. It's in the DNA. There it it's is. everywhere. Yeah. So look up Massive Parallel Sequencing if you want to learn more. There's a lot you can learn all over the place. Check out those articles I mentioned. And if you've got any stories to tell about any of that stuff, we'd love to hear from you. We'll tell you how to contact us at the end of this episode. For now, we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. 
It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com so we're back let's stick with the future just for a bit machine consciousness artificial intelligence there are no shortages of very important debates about this there's no shortage of profoundly impactful research going on Uh, and you know one of the biggest debates is around anthrocentrism, the idea that by nature of existing, humans are somehow the main character of the story of life and evolution and everything else. Um, We talked about this a long time ago, but I think it's quite possible that the role of the human species is simply a kind of uh, doula or a midwife, uh, meaning that ultimately the best thing or the most important thing that humanity can do is to create uh, a species or a kind of life form that is capable of exploring the galaxy, that is capable of cooperation on a scale that humans just don't seem to be capable of. Um, We also had a great discussion a while back about AI-generated scripts, stories, films, movies, songs, And pornography, if I recall. And the idea was like, ultimately, AI will just be, or machine consciousness will just be making this for itself or other forms of itself. And humans won't really be an important demographic in the audience. We're starting to see, as a species, uh, we're starting to see the rubber hit the road in this regard. We already knew that computers that maybe weren't quite AI, but were supercomputers, or had machine learning capabilities, we know that they have advanced science at an unparalleled pace. And we we knew that at some point we would get to the edge of the event horizon, you know, for lack of a better word. We would get to the precipice of human understanding. And so now I want to give the choice to you guys, Matt, Noel, do you want the good news or bad news first? I have two examples of what's happening. Can we go with maths? Okay. All right. We'll yeah, go with the, uh, uh, we, I don't know if that's the good news or the bad news, but I like the word maths. So it's, with you. it's the good news. It's the good news. So the good news is this. Artificial intelligence is discovering patterns in math that have never been seen before throughout the entirety of the human experience. No one, maybe somebody could have figured this stuff out, but the computer mind beat the meat bags to it. Science Alert had a great article that came out a few days ago by an author named David Neald, who noted that now we can, as a society, officially confirm that artificial intelligence is capable of not just proving mathematical theorems. You know, there are mathematical theorems that have yet to be conclusively proven, but it can now suggest, it can conceive of mathematical theorems. Like it can think of the question to ask. 
if that makes now, sense. Now, that is very counter to the ideas that Ada Lovelace put out, uh, right. which was that a computer could only operate, Ada Lovelace being someone Ben and I have talked about in Ridiculous History, and it's come up, she's come up on this show plenty of times, but um, that computers can only operate based on instructions programmed into them by humans. So th- this is not that, right? But this is saying it can, a uh, computer, an AI can actually come up with a theorem it's on its own or solve a theorem without being exactly guided through. Or that's the, uh, that's, that's the edge of what we're getting at too. So math, mathematicians have been using computers to solve or discover patterns for decades and decades. And for a long time, people have taken the Lovelace stance on, on current machine learning uh, or AI, which is this, that yes, AI can solve problems that are too complex for humans, but you still need a human behind the cognitive wheel to define what the problem is and to define like ballpark what a solution would look like. That's that's like what they're saying is like without a human being, there's not a um, a framework, right? There's not a context. And this may not always be the case for now. So what we found is that computers are helping humans now formulate conjectures or suggest what they call possible lines of attack for unproven ideas in math. This also comes to us, by the way, from the University of Sydney in Australia. Uh, Australian listeners, you're featuring very heavy in this week's segment. Uh, And that was a quote from mathematician Jordy Williamson. This research demonstrates something called a supervised learning tool. And without getting too deep in the mathematical weeds, we are not uh, pure mathematicians or studying mathematicians. Uh, What we can say is that this model, this application, this approach, this robotic mind or near electronic mind was able to discover a previously unknown relationship between two different types of mathematical knots, which led to a new theorem. They came up with a new idea about how the world works. And this, uh, this can't be overstated. This is a benefit. This kind of pattern recognition, this kind of compare and contrast, it is enormously helpful to working human mathematicians. So that's, that's the good news. And we, we will only see this trend accelerate. And you can understand why that might not get reported in a bunch of places because math is a snooze fest for a lot of people. So we'll give you, you know, we gave you some salve for the future, but let's close with some shock. It's time for the bad news. Doc, can we get some mm. like bad news music? Artificial intelligence is not just able to put mathematicians in a John Henry moment. Now we have for the first time confirmed in China that artificial intelligence is able to build futuristic weapons uh, at a a level that humans may have been theoretically aware of, but not quite capable of creating. To be clear, the Chinese military and the U.S. military and any military that can afford it are already using some version of AI to build very powerful sci-fi stuff like rail guns. Rail guns are so cool. They can fire projectiles over hundreds of miles. But now an AI program has built what's called a coil gun. Have you guys heard of coil guns before? No, I know rail gun, but that's right. not what this is. A rail gun is like almost like uh, it shoots. I'm thinking of like the guns from like the Doom games. Wasn't that one of those? What is an, uh, a coil gun? Is it some sort of energy weapon? Yeah, a coil gun is similar to a rail gun. And you could say it is a kind of energy weapon uh, because it uses electromagnetic energy. Coil guns are a little bit distinct from rail guns because of the direction of acceleration in a rail gun versus a coil gun. But the the main thing you need to know is that a coil gun is a little more dangerous because it can be soaked in polymer and fired underwater. And wow. a rail gun cannot because it needs direct current going through the rails. This should be a little bit scary because here's what it specifically invented. Like we know one of the drawbacks from rail guns for a long time was the size, right? How do we miniaturize this? How do we get it to something that could be useful outside of a lab or a field test on a fake 
<laughs> on a fake aircraft carrier, right, in the middle of nowhere in China. Uh, they built one with the help of AI. These researchers built a coil gun that is the size of a handheld firearm. It is the size of a pistol. They built a future zapper. It's, uh, it's got a 4.5-inch barrel, and it has three battery-powered coils that create an electromagnetic field and this means the bullet doesn't touch the sides of the barrel as it passes through. Uh, its kinetic energy reaches almost 150 joules, which just, if you're keeping notes at home, that's more than twice the energy needed to fire a fatal shot. Um, wow. the yeah, yeah, the bullet speed can vary depending on, you know, the caliber, size of weight, etc. But this also means you can you can adjust the coil gun. So let's say you are in an authoritarian country and you're suppressing a protest on the anniversary of the death of some great revolutionary who was hanged in the public square or shot. Well, then if you are the police force, this means that you can use a coil gun and you can dial up or dial down the energy of the projectiles you're firing. So it's not quite like zapping. It's not quite a Star Trek phaser. It still is a ballistic weapon. Like it's shooting a physical thing at these protesters. But now they can turn it down a little bit and they can turn it up to lethal levels, which also I just want to just want to open the door here. That also means that someone could say, oh, I didn't know it was set at uh, I thought it was set for stun, for lack of a better word, you know, uh, so that death can't be on me. Dude, I, I, I'm Ben. I got a little carried away looking at coil guns because it's a brand new concept for me, me and too. it's absolutely astonishing. Looking at some of the previous uses for this technology that NASA wanted to explore, I guess, with launching things into space and launching things from the moon back to Earth, they like there's some this is crazy. I never thought about this using essentially railgun technology, but with the specific design. Uh, to launch things with enough force to to get out of the atmosphere. Uh, yeah. And now I'm imagining AI like getting involved with like stuff at that scale. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, that's where it should be. That's where it should be pointed uh, instead of creating uh, these sorts of firearms, debatably. But also we got to point out like, all right, why why AI? What do they do exactly? Well, they figured out things that humans cannot figure out. They figured out uh, like very, very tiny, minuscule differences in the shape of a coil or the size can make a huge impact on its performance. And the battery in these kinds of guns uh, can also have a huge effect. And then you have to contemplate the design of the bullet, the design of the barrel. All of these factors made the handheld coil gun just beyond the scope of traditional weapons software. But what the AI programs have done, and this is, by the way, coming from a paper published in Transactions of the China Electrotechnical Society last month. And what they found is not only a new type of weapon, but they've also found a precedent. And to understand that precedent, we'll talk just a little bit about what the AI is doing that humans weren't. This AI could start with an imperfect design and game out tons of possible improvements over and over, more and more iterations, keeping the, the stuff that worked and tossing aside the stuff that it knew wouldn't work. It could learn from its previous mistakes. And then it would give human designers a huge set, like a data set of information. Like, here's how you build a future gun. And it would be like, thank you, robot overlord. We'll make sure to do, uh, you know, human stuff with it. And humans do have a history, uh, a bit of a reputation uh, when it comes to firearm technology. So we know what it's going to be used for. I wish it was being used to expand space travel. And that may be the case. But I want to end this on one pretty cool note. I know that this is for some of uh, this is for a particular set of people in our crowd today. And I, I didn't know if you guys were aware of this. I wasn't aware. But uh, to my good friend, Flavored Meal Substance on Instagram, dude, you can buy a commercially like you can buy a coil gun, the US GR1 Anvil 
from Arc Flash Labs. That's the one you want to get. And if you look at um, the, if you look at the South China Morning Post article, where I'm pulling some of this firearm information, I just posted it in the chat. If you scroll down, you can see the anvil itself, and it looks kind of like a Nerf gun. Yep, a lot we call of it do. a Gauss rifle. Yes. I've seen him called that in video games, too. I immediately brought up Quake and Doom because that's kind of where I, like I always originally heard the term railgun, and then I confused it with a nail gun, of course, because that also was a gun in those games. But uh, they're very popular in like games like Gears of War and I think even in uh, Fortnite and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can buy this. Again, uh, it is not the same as the robot-designed handheld coil gun, uh, but... You also have to sign a waiver when you buy it. There's a little thing on the website for the manufacturer that says full liability waiver must be signed by end user prior to shipment. So before they even send it to you, you're saying, hey, if I die or somebody else dies or something goes sideways, it's officially not your fault. Um, I kind of want to get one. Anyway, we'll pause for a word from our sponsor. Uh, Over the break, folks, please, please, please let us know what other improvements, good or bad, you see AI making in the near future. This is only the beginning of a very large wave that is coming at you as we record this today. Conspiracy.iHeartRadio.com, 1-833-STD-WYTK. And we'll be right back with one more piece of strange news. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. And you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com and as promised we're back with one more piece of strange news this one 
comes from the United States of America, and it concerns privacy, uh, but not necessarily your privacy or my privacy. This is specifically the privacy of those who are incarcerated, um, because as we know, there is such a thing as attorney-client privilege. Uh, that information is not supposed to be admissible in court proceedings, and when you enter into a conversation with your attorney, it's supposed to be, you know, sacrosanct, like uh, like a confession to a priest or something. But I think even confessions or like client uh, patient privilege, like with a therapist, there are rules where if you think someone is going to do something, um, you are supposed to, you know, tell somebody, tell the authorities. But I believe, you know, the idea of speaking to your attorney is not meant to be listened to, even though some other telephone calls from, you know, prisons are monitored, personal phone calls. Um, these calls between an incarcerated person and their attorney are not supposed to be, supposed to be being the operating word here. Uh, but we have found out recently um, that this has not been the case. And there is one uh, company that services prison telephone systems across the country that is at the heart of this scandal. Uh, the story starts in Brooklyn, New York, and this um, comes from an article in Vice that I got hip to the story uh, by Ella Fassler. Um, that goes into this whole thing, but let's start from the beginning. In Brooklyn, a organization called Brooklyn Defender Services um, believed that phone calls of uh, many of their clients, this is a an advocacy type group that believe that many of their clients' phone calls with their lawyers were in fact being recorded. Uh, and we know that these are protected under things like the Sixth Amendment and the Federal Wiretap Act. But this organization was very distrustful of the uh, the the system in Brooklyn, the phone system that was being used, um, and they called for a, an audit of these phone calls uh, and which ones were being recorded. Again, personal ones, totally permissible. Um, the lawyer ones, not supposed to be recorded. So Elizabeth Daniel Vasquez, who's the director of the Science and Surveillance Project at Brooklyn Defender Services, uh, told Vice's motherboard that there was a general sense of unease um, around this time. And around 2019, uh, defense attorneys learned that prosecutors had handed over attorney-client phone call recordings um, during the period of the trial called Discovery, where, you know, uh, evidence is exchanged and admitted or not admitted into, into evidence, official uh, the official record. Um, apparently, though, these phone recordings of these very privileged calls, some of them were given exceptions and entered into uh, to Discovery. Um, after... Quite a few more of these calls surfaced. Brooklyn Defender Services Civil Rights Council, a woman named Brooke Menschel, went to the Department of Corrections, um, who assured her that, no, 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 we fixed all the problems. Um, there's no issue here, nothing to see here. So the Brooklyn Defender Services demanded they do an audit. Um, and from that audit, they discovered that more than 1,500 of these uh, protected phone calls had been recorded. And this is something that would have affected around 350 cases. Uh, and this has been reported from the New York Daily News and the New York Post has done some reporting on this as well. And at the heart of this is a company called Secure Us, <laughs> LOL, uh, Technologies. Um, and their inability to distinguish between these personal calls and these uh, private attorney-client calls. So... Yeah, they, they, they uncovered 1,500 of these protected calls being recorded, um, and apparently this is just the tip of the iceberg, as Vice reports. Another advocacy organization, Worth Rises, and also Motherboard that did some analysis of court documents and local news articles, uh, Secure Us apparently, allegedly, has recorded tens of thousands of phone calls between attorneys and their incarcerated clients uh, in seven other states. Um, and this is based on lawsuits that have been filed and other reports from California, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, Missouri, Texas, um, Wisconsin. Uh, and that is all just Secure Us, another prison you know, telecom company, I guess, called Global Tellink, GTL, uh, allegedly has recorded phone calls with attorneys in Florida, California, and Maine as well. Um, so not a good look. Uh, and this is definitely an ongoing story. Um, Securus, you know, was reached out to 
by these organizations and by Vice. And this is what they said in response to Motherboard's request for a comment. Uh, quote, the occasional inadvertent recordings are not evidence of a systemic practice. Okay. In fact, it is quite the opposite. <laughs> Issues involving the inadvertent recording of calls to attorney numbers involve less than one-tenth of a percent of all calls on the Securus platform, demonstrating that these issues are rare and occasional, not systematic. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, officer. Uh, this is the first time I ever tried crack. I, I thought you bought it by the pound. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I give them the benefit of a doubt, I guess, you guys. But that feels coupled with how corrupt the prison phone call system is already. Any conspiracy realist who's been unfortunate enough to be incarcerated for one reason or another, um, if you have been in, if you've been in the stir, if you've been locked up for any kind of long amount of time, then you know that in many states, uh, up until the COVID-19 pandemic, there was a lot of inequality because phone calls were incredibly overpriced. Yeah, uh, right. I was only aware of that because I got locked up one time for a silly thing. It was like a bench warrant that was out for me for a ticket I hadn't paid. Um, but A, it took me forever to get a call and B, I had to use a call. I had to call collect, uh, cause I only had one number memorized and it was like my mom's and it ended up being incredibly expensive. It was like, you know, 60 bucks or something like that, but that was cause it was collect. But if you're incarcerated, it's a little less than that. But if you think mm-hmm. about the frequency of these calls, it adds up. How much are they looking at today, Ben? The prison policy initiative reported that a 15 minute phone call could cost as much as $24.82. So hashtag, they did the math. If you divide that cost, uh, what you see is it's like a $1.65 per minute, which feels like a 900 line at that point, especially totally. when people are in one of the worst times of their life. Luckily, at least in response to the pandemic uh, back in 2020, April, uh, the Federal Bureau of Prisons did say that, at least in federal pens, telephone and video calls would be uh, free of charge. But I'm just saying that to say, like, if you're aware of that context, I think it's completely understandable how a lot of people would say, OK, I'm sure it's an accident that you mm-hmm. happen to lis- listen in. It just seems like rife for corruption. Um against a, a very disadvantaged population. You know what I mean? No matter how they ended yeah. up in there, people do have rights. Really quickly, guys, I don't disagree with everything you're saying. I'm coming at this from the only experience that I have with the Secura system, and it was when we were making Atlanta Monster, and we were trying to be able to talk to Wayne Williams. Mm-hmm. And we had to go through this ridiculous system of connecting that phone number from which we would be dialing from and receiving calls from, like linking it to our group and to an individual and making sure that that system knew exactly who we were. Right. Mm -hmm. So in response to this vice article, I think the, one of the ones that you use for this research and all the companies secure us is saying, look, if somebody doesn't go through the system and sets up that number to be private or non-recorded, then that phone call is going to get recorded. Like, because they're just default recorded, unless the number is associated with some very it's specific excluded in some data way. set. Be- yeah, that Ooh. makes sense. Now, that makes sense, Matt. That's a really good context. My question is, uh, the one part of the this, this Vice article that kind of threw me, and I, I need to do a little more digging. This might even be, you know, a, a larger episode down the line. But, um, you know, they, they were saying, uh, these folks from the... Uh, Uh, Brooklyn Defender Services are talking about how client attorney phone calls were um, submitted in discovery. Like, wouldn't those automatically be excluded from being used as evidence? Like, just the fact that it exists doesn't make it legal to to use against somebody. I mean, even if the call was recorded, you shouldn't be able to actually submit that or admit that as evidence in a case, right? Yeah, I think you could. I think that's a good question because you could. Um, someone could try to use it or try to use some information attained via it that led them to some other evidence. And if they can reasonably rationalize a different avenue toward that evidence, it might get a little tricky. But surely a judge would, like if a case makes it to trial, surely a judge would be right in saying this is inadmissible, right? Right. Surely. 
I guess it would have to be really some dirty dealing to kind of like, you know, hide the chain of custody or like where it actually came from. Because I would think if it was known that it was a an illegally recorded phone call, uh, you know, done from prison between a, a client and their attorney, then that would be, you know, a non-starter. Wouldn't you think, Matt, based on your Atlanta monster stuff as well? I think so, but I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Sorry, this whole thing is really disturbing. It is. It is. But I also am like... Is it does it really matter if they're being recorded, if they're not ending up in the hands of people that would use them nefariously? Is that the implication? Is that the implication that they, of course, are ending up in the hands of people that would use them unfairly? Yeah, please, Matt. Does, what, what, you, yeah. you, I mean, just that's why we have a, a, a system of trials, right? Each person Ooh. has a right to defend themselves. And if you're taking counsel with somebody to find a way to descend to defend yourself the most efficiently, no matter whether you did a crime or not. I mean, that's like part of the whole system. I, I was going to say game, which it is in a weird way, a game, but um, I don't know, at least within our system of laws right now, you got to have that protected communication. And and that includes, even if it's just a system that records it by default and it just stays in a file on a hard drive somewhere, right? That's, it shouldn't uh, exist, right? It shouldn't exist. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, hundred percent. I think we're all on, on the same page. And again, you know, this is not any of us uh, being cheerleaders for crime or what have mm. you. It's just that if you take a larger picture perspective and you think through this, the rights that are guaranteed in theory, again, to people who are incarcerated are enormously important. No matter how they got there, there's a reason that the law exists. Um, those rights in practice, you know, obviously, they're obviously not holding up to what they're supposed to be in theory. Um, you know, you need look no further than prisons in Scandinavian countries to see uh, the difference in how people treat incarceration. Like some of those oh, yeah. prisons are like better than people's apartments, you know, but still. Absolutely. They look like those model ikea apartments you know i mean like really really clean lines and nice uh tasteful decor you know comfy mattresses and all that if a little austere but nothing like what we see in american prisons which are you know uh, for the long-term stays can be absolutely inhumane um but yeah i think it's something to keep an eye on and and it's uh, i'm interested to see where this goes this is a pretty new story and it is uh still developing um but you know and it's like these types of um Prisoner advocacy groups are really important because left unchecked, either the system won't work like it's supposed to because it's not being checked or like, you know, uh, looked looked in upon and, and um, held to a high standard or just rampant corruption will absolutely happen in the dark if no one's checking in. So these kind of watchdog groups uh, are incredibly important for, uh, you know, folks, civil rights. I know I'm, not, I'm stating the obvious here, but I'm just saying good work to the folks at Brooklyn Defender Services Organization. Uh, I agree. With that, I think we can uh, call this uh, episode of Strange News a wrap. What do you say, fellas? Agreed. Unless there is an AI overlord that can figure out a better way to end strange news, we're we're going to uh, we're going to call it a day. Do you own a coil gun? What do you think the dangers of DNA may be, not just in Australia but around the world? And how far do you think? Uh, this evidence of either accident or corruption might go in the New York penal system. We would, and beyond, we would love to hear from you. We try to be easy to find online. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, where we are Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we are Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you like this episode, hey, why not give us a review? Apple Podcasts is probably the best, and a review on any other platform would be great, too. Please, if you have a moment, go ahead and do that. We really, really, really appreciate it. If you don't want to use social media and you don't like social media, well, hey, you can also call us. While uh, we're not using Secure Us, we do record every call that comes in. 
and we'll play it back on the air with your explicit permission. When you hear the sounds of Ben's dulcet tones at one eight three three stdwytk you got three minutes to make your recording. Uh, again, completely uh, announced from the very start. Uh, let us know what to call you or, or call you nothing. Call you a cool nickname. It can be completely anonymous. It's entirely up to you. And then make sure to let us know if it's okay to use your voice on one of our weekly listener mail episodes. We hope you do. And if uh, phone calls aren't your thing, if you are scared of speaking to mirrors in the dark or meeting at crossroads at midnight and you don't sip the social meads, have no fear. There is one way you can always contact us, regardless of the inner or outer weather. All you have to do is write us a line, drop us some links, give us some leads. You are the most important part of this show, folks. And we want to hear from you. So why not send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.